what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome back to the Before and After show. We've been on a two-week hiatus, and that's for a myriad reasons, and I'll get into them in a second. But first, how are you, internet? I know it's been a while. Um, If you haven't listened to the show before, each week I take a movie or two, but more on that later, that I haven't seen before, and I give you my expectations for that movie and then the following week I will have seen the movie and I will give you my thoughts on the film and sometimes there's guests sometimes it's just me solo but that's the that's the show I want to start off by saying a huge thank you to everyone who has been listening to the Furious 7 podcasts I know they were came out two or three weeks ago but I love you nonetheless um as of right now the after episode for Furious 7 is at 850 plays on SoundCloud, and I don't know why, but thank you. Um, I appreciate it. I will say, give me some feedback. Let me know you're listening. I know you're listening because I can see in them 850 next to it, but also give me some comments or maybe subscribe on SoundCloud. Um, the more subscribers we have, the closer we get to getting an RSS feed, the sooner we get an RSS feed, the sooner we get on iTunes. So thank you for listening. Share it. Uh, subscribe to it. Comment on it. Email the show before and after show at gmail.com at before and after pod on Twitter. That's at before the letter N after pod on Twitter. I'll go over that again at the end of the show. So as we're getting into this, I am revamping the format of the show at the very least for the summer movie season. But once again, more on that later. I want to talk about what I've been watching recently. I've been watching a couple things on Netflix, uh, mainly their original shows, and uh, one of them is a recommendation, the other one is also a recommendation, but it fits in more tightly to the theme of today. So I'll start with the pure recommendation first. Uh, I've been watching this show called Bloodline on Netflix, and it's really good. It's uh, actually not that good. But it's really good. It has a lot of characters that are really interesting. And and I don't know if you would go so far as to call them likable, but they're interesting characters. They're characters I like spending time with. I've never really had that from a show or a movie like where I like the characters so much I'm willing to forgive a lot of the plot stuff. I mean... I'm pretty critical on The Dark Knight Rises, and I like those characters a lot. Like, Batman's my favorite character, but movie's terrible. Um, the show's kind of terrible. It's basically a soap opera with a bunch of family drama bullcrap on top of it. And it's super melodramatic, but I like the characters and the performances enough to keep coming back and watching all kinds of episodes. So Bloodline is is good. It's not the best show I've ever seen, but it's it's 
really good at connecting you to its characters. Um, I will say that Ben Mendelsohn is a guy to watch. Um, he looks super familiar, but I, I, and I've seen him in things apparently, but I don't remember him in anything. He was in the film Killing Me Softly, and I saw that movie and liked it quite a bit, but I don't really remember him in it. But he's fantastic on the show. The show revolves around this family who owns a resort in Florida, and their estranged brother comes back and kind of shady stuff starts happening in the island, and the, and the brother kind of has a checkered past, so it's kind of like... Did he have any involvement with this? Is he actually on the straight and narrow? That kind of stuff. And there's sort of a mystery about some things the other family members have done uh, in regards to the brother um, that that kind of unfold over the course of the series. So that's the basic setup of it. It's um, kind of got that Breaking Bad feel in not actually, but in the sense that the main character has a brother who is a cop. And the main character is kind of a shady guy. And uh, that guy's played by Kyle Chandler, who you'll recognize as the father from Super 8. He's really good in it. And it's sort of the story between the brothers. The whole family gets involved. Linda Cardellini's in it, who I've always enjoyed. And she's good in it. She doesn't get a whole lot to do. Um, It's interesting to see her this many years removed from Freaks and Geeks. It's like, oh yeah, you grew up. You're not that girl in the army jacket that I'm used to seeing. So, or Velma from Scooby-Doo anymore. You're you're like in your middle-aged times at not like wearing suits of armor and stuff. Like she's a middle-aged woman. Not like a peasant woman. Like she is a woman who is in the middle of her life. And so it's just sort of like, like I said, family bullcrap drama over it. But it, it, it made me understand people who I've talked to that are like, yeah, it had this and it had this and it had this, but I was willing to forgive it because these characters were so interesting. I like spending time with these characters because they're interesting characters. They're all kind of despicable in their own way, but they're interesting characters. The parents are really good on it. Uh, they play, they're play; they played by Sam Shepard, who's a fantastic actor. Spoilers for the second episode. Um, he has a stroke, and his acting post-stroke is so good for someone who's had a stroke. Um, the mother is played by Sissy Spacek. I mean, Carrie's in it. What are you going to do, right? Uh, so yeah, that's Bloodline. Check it out on Netflix. The other show I've been watching on Netflix is the absolutely fantastic Daredevil series. Uh, Kristen and I have been slowly making our way through it, but we've been making our way through it. We're about three episodes in right now, and it is brutal and brilliant from the get-go. Um... I mean, as soon as the show opens, it just it it, it just grabs you and and draws you in. And it, th- that opening scene is one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen for establishing a character in any television show ever. It's fantastic. Uh, you gotta do yourself a favor and start watching Daredevil. Uh, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, the performances are all off the charts, amazing. The, the point where we were at in the season, Vincent D'Onofrio hasn't really shown up yet, but I keep hearing amazing things about him. The action is some of the best action I've seen in anything, especially a television show. It's hands down the best action I've ever seen in a television show. They pull out the camera really wide and you can see everything that's going on. And and the fight choreography is really cool and interesting. And, and they do a lot of really cool and interesting camera uh, angles on it. The end of episode two has this fight scene in a hallway that is so good. It's so good. 
just start watching Daredevil. It is it is a TVMA, so if you're sensitive to uh, brutality and violence and gore and stuff, proceed at your own risk. It's really good, but you might need to look away. It might be too intense for some of you out there, but it's uh it's it's i would say it's no not necessarily worse than the walking dead um so if you watch the walking dead and you can handle looking away at that it's far less frequent than the gore in the walking dead so keep that in mind charlie cox whatever his yeah is that his name the guy that plays daredevil he's fantastic and his daredevil voice is great uh his lawyer voice is great the guy that plays Foggy is the perfect Foggy. I can't imagine anyone being Foggy more than this guy. I don't even necessarily know that I would like this guy in anything else because he's kind of obnoxious, but Foggy is kind of obnoxious. If you're familiar with the Daredevil uh, mythos at all, it's all represented here. I mean, there's there's things that you'll notice from Kevin Smith's run, from Ed Brubaker's run, from Brian Michael Bendis's run, from... Uh, Daredevil Yellow, it, it just runs the gamut of the, the Daredevil backstory and makes something its own and integrates it into the overarching Marvel Universe. And that's kind of cool. Like, I know we're inundated with this kind of stuff it, it, day in and day out, and we're going to talk more about this later, but they do. there's one thing you can't fault Marvel for, and that's creating a universe. Like, they've created a multimedia universe, and that's never been done before. And it's never been the more perfect time for that because of the way the internet and social media and the way we consume our entertainment works. And I like that. I like that they're taking those risks. They can afford to do that because they have the Disney money behind them, but I still like that a lot. So Daredevil's great. Uh, Go watch it. Please go watch it. And that's it for what I watched this week. I'm really excited. Uh, I want to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, and so that's why I kind of sped through the first half of this. So 850 of you listened to the Furious 7 podcast and that means that I think you guys want me to talk about movies you've heard of and I hear you I hear your numbers and this is the new format for the before and after show as we head into the 2015 summer movie season and that is a two movie a week at least two movie a week I'll let that sit with you. At least two movie a week show now. Um, How it's going to work is each week I will take one of the upcoming summer blockbusters and give you my expectations for that, as well as an older film that has something to do with, that has something to do with the people involved in the making of the summer blockbuster movie. For example, when it comes to Jurassic World, I'm probably going to do a Steven Spielberg movie that I've never seen before. But it's not time for Jurassic World yet. It's time for the Mother Truckin' Avengers. Um, This Friday, May 1st, the Avengers Age of Ultron is coming out. The hype train is at a fever pitch right now. Everyone's anticipating this movie. Everyone's going to be seeing this movie. It's going to be a big deal. So with that, I've decided to 
take a film from someone, from a member of the Avengers, from an Avengers member, and give you my expectations for that. It's an older movie. It's kind of a little weird one. It's a film called Ghost World from 2001. And uh, Ghost World stars Thora Birch, who you might recognize from American Beauty. She kind of had like this surge of popularity in the early 2000s and then kind of went nowhere. I think American Beauty kind of put her on the map and then she kind of got typecast as misunderstood teenage girls. And a very young Scarlett Johansson. And they start as these two teenage girls who are on the edge of graduating high school. And they are planning on moving in together after high school and they end up answering this personal ad from a man who says he's lonely and something happens from there. I'm honestly not too familiar with the mythos of Ghost World and I use the word mythos because Ghost World is based off of a comic by a guy named Daniel Close. Um, his is a name you might recognize from the debacle that happened with him and Shia LaBeouf a couple years ago. Maybe it was last year sometime, but Shia LaBeouf made a short film that starred Jim Gaffigan and I believe Louis C.K. maybe. And Jim Gaffigan was kind of a down-on-his-luck film critic and it came out that Shia LaBeouf had plagiarized Daniel Clow's comic book for the plot to that movie, like, down to a T. So that's how you might know Daniel Klaus. You also might know him from Ghost World if you're a fan of Ghost World. I don't know anything about it, like I said, outside of what I just told you. Uh, Thora Birch looks like Thora Birch in it, except she's got green hair this time. Um, I don't know. I'm not particularly looking forward to the viewing experience of this movie, but that's what this is about, right? It's about expanding your knowledge of the world of cinema. And that's what I'm trying to do here. Whether it's good or bad, that's what I'm trying to do here. So Ghost World looks kind of like a early 2000s, trying to recapture the magic of the 90s, angsty, ennui-fold bullcrap fest. Um, it just kind of looks like, I don't know, it, it, it looks like the, the ramblings of someone trapped in a state of arrested development who looks back on the quote glory days of their youth and how they had the whole world ahead of them and and nothing really mattered and you didn't have a care in the world and all of a sudden you're thrust into the deep pit of despair that is adulthood and it sucks and so you create these sort of escapes for yourself in it i believe there's an element of magical realism in it, which if you listen to the in-between show where I talked about Birdman, I don't really go in for all that well. Um, it just, it's, it's a storytelling mechanic that doesn't really work for me a lot of the time. It really didn't in Birdman. I'm not sure if it will here. Maybe, maybe knowing that it's based off a comic book will help, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it just kind of looks like a lot of people I hate <laughs> um, on screen for two hours. Just sort of people who, like, j just these uh, man and woman children just being man and woman children uh, for two hours. So I hope I'm wrong on that. It, it doesn't look great. I know it's pretty well regarded in in terms of 
the film community, especially as an indie film. It's got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and an 84% from users, so maybe I'm missing something. I don't know a whole lot about it, and maybe it's best that I go in blind. I kind of want to go in blind to this. I haven't seen a trailer for it. I just kind of remember the... um, the posters for it when it was coming out and, and, and you know, the word of mouth. It, it has had positive word of mouth for 14 years now. I mean, I, if anything, I'm very interested to see a very young Scarlett Johansson and, and see sort of the kernels of where she came from, whether or not she's as good of an actress as she is now. Um, I'm not fully on board the Scarlett Johansson hype train. If she sees... If I don't actively seek out movies because she's in them but when she's in them i generally like her but i'm not crazy about her performances in anything really either Um, i think she's good i think she's serviceable in almost everything she does i don't think she half asses anything it's just she doesn't really do a lot for me as far as her acting style or um her presence on screen but every time she's in something i'm like okay i'm down you know so i'm interested to see if uh, if if there's more or less of that when she was younger, she's in one of my favorite B movies of all time, Eight Legged Freaks, as like a 14 year old, and she's fantastic in that movie. But that's also because I think that whole movie is fantastic. So if you haven't seen Eight Legged Freaks and you want to see a like a 14 year old Scarlett Johansson tase a guy in the crotch, go watch Eight Legged Freaks because you're not going to find that in any other movie because that's the movie it's in. And also, there's spiders that make karate noises. Yep. Look it up. That movie's awesome. I kind of wish I would be doing that, but I've seen that movie a bunch, so here we are with Ghost World. On the other end of the spectrum, this weekend, as I mentioned, The Avengers Age of Ultron is coming out. It's a comic book movie. We're inundated with comic book movies, but as I stated earlier in the podcast... I like that Marvel has made this universe. Like, unified is part of universe, right? And and they've done this so well. I'm, I'm very uh, interested by the, the intricacies of it. I don't actually watch a lot of the TV they offer. I know they only have two shows right now, but I, I couldn't really get into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm willing to give it another shot, but I haven't had the time to do so. So I'm not super familiar with their TV universe versus their film universe, where I've seen every movie at least once, most of them multiple times. Suffice it to say, I'm pretty excited about this movie. Um, My expectations are trying not to be through the roof for it. I don't necessarily know if I'm expecting it to be as good as the first movie, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think that first movie might have been lightning in a bottle. I think this will be good. It looks really dark. It looks really action-packed. But there's a heart to the first one that I haven't quite gotten out of the trailers from this one. Plus, it's the the Avengers was the first time anything like this had been done. At this point, we a little bit expect it. Like, it's still cool because it's an event that all these heroes are coming together in, in a movie. You know, they've had their own separate movies for the last few years since Avengers, and now they're coming back together again for uh, only a problem the Avengers can solve, and that's awesome. And, and these are the guys that kicked off this entire universe you see, like... If, if Iron Man 1 doesn't work, Ant-Man's not coming out. You know, if Iron Man 1 doesn't work, you didn't get Guardians of the Galaxy, which most of you loved last year. Um, it's cool to see Iron Man in things still. I still really like that character in the cinema, uh, the cinematic universe. I, I think he's he's 
one of the best handled characters in the cinematic universe. I loved Iron Man 3. Iron Man 2 was whatever, but I loved Iron Man 3, mainly because I love that Shane Black snappy snap dialogue, but also because I like that character, and I think he's got a kind of a special place in my heart as far as kicking off the Marvel Universe, because that first movie is still so good. Seriously, go rewatch it if you haven't. And it holds up, and it was the catalyst for this whole thing. And now I think we're kind of reaching the end of an era with a lot of these guys. Um, you know, there's still Infinity War or whatever that's coming out in, in 2019, 2020, uh, something like that. But I, I think we're kind of, this is the beginning of the end of that. It's going to be a years long end. But I think, unlike the X Men universe, it feels like Marvel kind of knows when to let go of some of these characters, and we're going to start to see some of them be phased out and I like that I like that we're going to sort of be able to watch the refreshing of this team happen I think it'll help to get um newer members in there that can take more of a focus uh in the later movies I I, I like all of those things I, I like all of those things that that Marvel is doing Marvel just has good business sense as a movie studio which we don't see anymore Pretty much Disney is the only one doing it. And yes, Marvel is a subsidiary of Disney. So they learned how to do it from the best. And that's why they own them now. That's why Disney owns Marvel. I think that's, you know, that's the biggest difference between the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Cinematic Universe. Warner Brothers could care less if Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice does well. Because they have Warner Brothers movies that will help them get out of... Uh, any debt they incur if if that movie tanks. They don't need to care about the DC Cinematic Universe the way Marvel does. Marvel's entire infrastructure is based off of those Marvel Studios. I know, not the comic book company. Marvel Studios' entire infrastructure is based off of those comic book movies. And, and so they need to put care into them. And that's why you see, I think, leaps and bounds quality in the Marvel movies that isn't in the DC movies. So with all of this being said, I'm pretty stoked about Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, James Spader looks like he's going to be a fantastic Ultron. I really like that voice they have picked out with him. Joss Whedon is the king of handling an ensemble. Um, I'm just hoping he's not too big for his britches in this and got cocky and is trying to bite off more than he can chew because I feel like it could go that way. Um... I hope that's not the case. I think that would be great if he can pull this off. I mean, I mean, the Avengers one uh, shouldn't work as a movie, and it does. And so I think that, that there is certainly potential for um, for it to happen again. I, I, you know, I think Joss does good work. I mean, he did Cabin in the Woods, which was great. He did all these beloved things. So I don't think he's not up to the task. I just hope he is because um, it could go either way a lot of criticisms i've been seeing about it are his dialogue stuck in the 90s i understand that i'm actually not the biggest fan of joss's dialogue it's kind of stilted and really forced to me so I, I, i'm not necessarily looking forward to the dialogue the dialogue in the avengers was pretty good um that was the least i've hated anything joss whedon has ever written really well that and dr horrible but I, I'm glad this is going to be his exit for it because it, I feel like you can tell from the trailers that like he's just exhausted everything he can out of these characters. And that gives me hope for it. It seems like he worked really hard on it. 
And so, the, you know, if you look at the trailers, it looks like a ton of time and effort and energy and hard work went into it. And I don't think that will go unnoticed on the final product. I'm excited for Mark Ruffalo to come back as Bruce Banner. We haven't, he's one of the only people we haven't gotten to spend a lot of time with since the first Avengers. And I don't understand why, because he's such a good Bruce Banner. I love him. I love him so much in this movie or in these, in, in the Avengers one, he's the perfect Bruce Banner. The Hulk is my favorite Marvel hero, and so to see him on screen and represented so nicely by Mark Ruffalo is really exciting for me. So I'm hoping there's some great Hulk stuff. I know there's a romantic subplot between him and Black Widow, and we'll see how that goes. Um, Captain America is now super sweet because the Winter Soldier came out, so he's got a lot to live up to. Like I said, I'm trying to keep my expectations in check for this movie, but it's also really hard Marvel movies have been really quality for a long time, and their last couple have been really good. I wasn't the biggest fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was well made. It was well it was well executed, I guess. Um, it, it, it looked really cool. Substance-wise, it left a lot to be desired from me. But Captain America the Winter Soldier is the best movie they've put out, and they can only go up from here. I'm hoping. Um, I'm really hoping that's the case, but we'll see. So yeah, I will be back next week to tell you what I thought about both Ghost World and the Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, Expect this for the entirety of the summer movie series, at least through August, maybe even early September. I haven't really gotten a chance to familiarize myself with the um, release dates yet. But for sure, I mean, expect some of the big ones. I mean, Mad Max is coming out. um, Jurassic World is coming out. uh, Ant-Man... A bunch of stuff is coming out, and you guys have obviously given the deafening roar that was accompanied by the Furious 7 podcast. Have have let yourselves be known that you want to hear more about movies that are out in theaters now. I want to talk about movies that came out years ago. But I also really like that 850 plays happen. So here's the happy medium. I'm going to be doing two movies per episode now. One of them's going to be a summer blockbuster that's coming out this year. The other one's going to be an older movie that is somehow connected, albeit mildly, to that movie. So I hope you like it. I'm really excited about it. I uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Um, like, subscribe, comment. Do what you need to do on SoundCloud. Help me get an RSS feed. It would be great if you could just download me onto your iPod, put me in your earbuds, and go for a walk or run or whatever and listen to me while you're working out. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have thoughts, ideas, recommendations for the show, before and after show at gmail.com. If you want to see the occasional pun come from my fingertips to your news feed, uh, at before and after pod on Twitter. I'm tweeting more, so do it. That's at before the letter N after pod on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I love you guys. I'm super stoked about this summer movie season, and I'm super stoked to hear what you guys have to say about it. Uh, I will be back next week to tell you about Ghost World and the Avengers colon Age of Ultron. Until next time, go watch something. (laughs) 